Welcome to the Top Gear magazine podcast, a peek behind the curtain of what it's really like to drive other people's cars for a living. These are the stories behind the stories. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Jack Ricks, joined by Rowan Horncastle. Hello. And Ollie Marriage. Hey. We're getting good at that. This is one of those podcasts where we delve into the extensive Top Gear archive and pull out, uh, rummage around and pull out one of the stories from the past and try and retell that story with a little bit of hindsight and perspective and hazy memories and remember what we can. Um, and the one that we're going to be talking about today, um, it was a long time ago, actually. It was back in um, 2016, so seven years ago now, that uh, Rowan and I, Rowan on photography duties, um, me writing the article, um when we went to visit uh, Havana's street racers. So this is a group of sort of secret um, drag racers, um, guys, uh, Cuban guys who who take old American classics, tuned them up using whatever they could get their hands on and then went and raced them on a back street. So the process of actually getting hold of them, meeting up with them uh, and pulling all this off was just... It seems like another lifetime, doesn't I it? Did, I don't even—I couldn't even remember that I did it. If I'm honest, so yeah, we had to um, remember that. But because we're all Cuba was fascinating, and we've wanted to be there, uh, um, go there for a long time. But we all have these images of these 1950s mm. American cars pootling around with nice paint jobs and stuff. But there, with anyone who buys cars, there will be people who want to race them. And there's normally people when ego comes into it, you want to race against other people. Um, but there's an interesting history to Cuba because. Well, in 1959 with the Cuban Re- Revolution, you, you imports were banned. So that's basically why all the cars in Cuba look really old. Frozen because... in time. They're frozen in the 50s. Exactly. And it's, and it's absolutely bonkers. You think, Am I, did, did I just walk onto a film set? Because the whole of Havana in itself, you know, the architecture and it's, you know, a bit crumbly around the edges. And then these cars driving around, it's just, it's a, so it's a full on time modern? walk. Have you got any Russian sort of Yugos and Zastavas or anything? That... A few Ladas. Lardis, yeah. Lardis, yeah. yeah, and Moscovich's, but the that's the thing you have you have this stuck in um, the, you know the nineteen fifties frozen in time aspect plus then Soviet nature on top too. So there's no advertising, no other bits, just communism that reeks through at the same time. So it's a super fascinating place to walk around and see. And then you've got you know crawling around the Caribbean's biggest island, the Buicks, Chevys, Oldsmobiles. All these Fords, which, you know, are just, they're fantastic bits of design that which you all kind of aspire to and, and lust after nowadays. Um, however, the big thing that, having never been there for me, you expect that low, grumbling yeah, V8. Yeah. But none of them have V8s in them. No, they 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 they're converted. So so fuel out there is basically European prices. But in in terms of um, what uh, the average Cuban earns, it's about well at the time seven years ago it was twenty dollars a month. Um, so Ooh. fuel is expensive. So you can yeah. see why the only cars that are around are these fifties um, American cars. Mm-hmm. Um, the government um, will only allow the imp- they won't allow the import of whole engines again this is seven years ago i think things have changed since then um but they would allow the import of um fairly ordinary european diesel engines and then would sell them on for about four thousand dollars which is extortionate so they were making a lot of money so there are um several people around 
and that if you if you found a rusty old classic and gave them ten thousand dollars, they would hand it back to you, looking smarter with a uh, Mercedes or a Peugeot diesel under the bonnet. Wow! So you could afford to run it. So you um, Chevy's Oldsmobiles and everything basically had European four cylinder yeah. diesels in them. Yeah, 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 yeah. So com- completely bonkers. So that is that. That's the sort of general. And some of them, when I say they're restored, I mean they look like how on earth is that getting to the end of the street? Because they are limping <laughs> around like dinosaurs on their on their yeah. last legs. Some of them done up to the nines mm. and look absolutely beautiful. A lot of them as sort of like novelty taxis for for the tourists um and yeah. then so that's your kind of that's the the, the kind of background to havana mm. um but then you've got this kind of underground culture which is what we were there to, to but there's, a, there, there's a reason for that too because the government got involved to create that because after the i think it was the 1958 cuban gp mm-hmm. where you know, in that era of racing, there was crashes left, right, and centre. I think they did more crashing than racing, but unfortunately, they had a, a big crash which killed ten spectators uh, and injured forty. So racing was banned entirely by the government. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like I said, competition—you can't get rid of that. So yeah, there's yeah, yeah. competitive people who like cars on an island. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want to race each other. So this—that's where the underground scene came from. Yeah. So that so racing was banned entirely until 2013 so this is sort of where it came onto our radar Mm. was um well let's be completely honest here we got an invite from audi to Mm. come and drive and uh, before we turn the mics on ron and i were desperately trying to remember which new audi they were launching in cuba and we think it was something like a facelifted a3 no, I, I, oh, actually Q3. Think, I think it was a Q3 or a Q5. I can't really remember. But I know it had a diesel engine because, you've just reminded me there, they had to import their own fuel yeah. for the whole thing ah. because they, the, the grade of the fuel in Cuba wasn't good enough mm. for the modern wow. engine to run. Ah. So, so, yeah, just to give you peel back the curtain a bit. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. we get an invite from <laughs> Audi that, that lands in our inbox. Um, oh, Audi wants to take us to Cuba to drive uh, the new... Q3, <laughs> um, which is, we do appreciate that is quite bizarre. But for us, you know, we we, we probably wouldn't go long haul like that for that. That gets our cogs spinning. Mm. And that's when I started looking into Cuba and what else we could do there. And then I stumbled across this film that um, had just been released or was about to be released called um, Havana Motor Club. And this was all about in 2013. So all those years, you can probably do the math since the 58 Cuban GP mm. with that horrible crash. There hadn't been a race, but they were they were opening up this um, drag strip, um, and uh, and it was going to be the first properly sanctioned race in yeah. all in all those years, um, and that's what the film centres around. So it's fantastic. And starring in this film was this this sort of motley crew of underground racers who had taken their fifties um American cars, mostly Chevy Bel Airs of various vintages. And rather than just putting the, the diesel under the bonnet, they'd put proper V8s. Some of them wow. supercharged, the sort of 300, 400, 500 horsepower is the um the most powerful one they had. Yeah. Um and this got this is when we really got excited because we were yeah. like, wow, imagine if we could get hold of these guys. I mean they live in Havana. Mm. I mean they they're definitely local celebrities. Like we have yeah. to you know get get mm. get in touch with them um and we did and the 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 fixer that we eventually got in touch with i think he had worked on fast and the furious 8 yeah which uh was the latest film at the time i think they're on like fast and the furious 
1200 now or something. There seems to be one every year. <laughs> that, dates, but, that dates the story, doesn't yeah, it? Only eight. Yeah. Since, since yeah. they opened people up, yeah. It's, Obama had just been there, which was a big thing. First president mm-hmm. since, like, I think, 1920s to be on the. So Rihanna had done a music video because America, you know, because the trade restrictions had been lifted. It opened up a whole new world. And then Fast and Furious had started filming there too. So, and a few of these cars were used in the filming of that. So they knew their value. Well, they knew their value. Yeah. But they are of massive interest when everything else, like you say, is lumbering around. Yeah. And you see something that, A, you recognise the, uh, the the sound of a, a, a V8. Um, and But also they're just fascinating because they are utter mishmashes yeah. to put them together. Yeah, because you can't buy, you know, at, at, at the time, you couldn't just buy a whole engine. You couldn't just import, you know, a Coyote V8 and shove it in your 50s car. So you had to basically take a mishmash of old bits and bobs and parts from... Um, uh, from yeah, other cars, scrapped, scrapped mm. cars, and try and build up a high-performance engine that was in any way reliable. So, you know, the 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 engineering that's going on here is very Heath Robinson, but also like the the fastest guy is normally the most resourceful one, rather than just the going richest. At, yeah, well, I mean, yeah. none none of them are rich. This is, we'll we'll come on to this and how how you know they spend every penny they have on on their cars. But yeah, it's the person that that can get the most creative with the scrap bits that they can find. Yeah, which yeah. is that's proper racing, isn't mm. it? But also, you know? there's some fascinating stories. We'll get on to a guy later who we met, but he had got wind of you know what has big V8s in it normally around that part of the world, big speedboats, and there was a lot of obviously drug running between Miami and Cuba in those days. He had heard from a friend about a uh, drug running Cuban you know cigarette cigar boat. Um, going across the water, was was sunk by the DEA and then... Still uh, had the engine attached. St- well, had the engine attached. So he heard about this V8 being on the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> Couldn't scuba dive, but then decided to get his mate's scuba gear and then go and find it. Brought it up to the surface and yeah. then... Uh, Fitted it to his car. Put it in his car. Yeah, restored it and put it in. <laughs> there you go, you have a V8 in a car. So that's, uh, that's the kind of so resourcefulness good. we're wow. talking. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Um, he may have the bends, all... we don't know, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But all around drag racing, not as no, there's no circuit racing or anything. It's there just is no circuit, no. Straight line. No, there's just just straight yeah. line and and, and where is and that? Mostly Thr- illicit and uh, totally. Yeah. So in twenty thirteen they they cleared this drag strip um to, to do that first sanctioned race. There was the there was no other sanctioned racing since then. There hadn't there hadn't been when we were there. Um so yeah, they were literally doing this on back streets. So when we got in touch and we were like well, well, what do you want to do? Well, we want to meet them. We want to see yeah. the cars and yeah. we want to see what they do on the back streets. And they're like, oh, excellent. Yeah, meet us on... Um, we literally got some coordinates or, or a pin or something to meet yeah. on on a on a street on the outsides of Havana, nice and quiet, away from, mm. you know, prying eyes and, and La Policia. Uh, and, and there we went there and you could just... And, sort of not quite sure what to expect and then sure enough they, they started rumbling in yeah. and um, we got to meet all the guys by this point I'd watched the the film the Havana mm. Motor Club which I can recommend watching actually I'm sure you can find it on a streaming service of some sort um, great watch so these are like mini celebrities to me because I've been mm. I've been researching it and watching the thing hey look there's pity oh that's Ray and uh, and and then they came with these cars um, and the cars are sort of like characters and personalities in them mm. in, in themselves 
Um, and simple as that, we just got to know them. Uh, they We did a bit of drag racing. Um, well, on, they on wanted to show road. us what they did. Yeah. We weren't involved in no, any we way, No, we were not obviously. in no way encouraging it. <laughs> we were just observing, yeah. you know, fly on the wall. But also cool. with these personalities, I think you just need to get them in a room and they will just start having some, if they're not spark off yeah, playing and... cards or doing something, there will be a competitive element yeah. or whatever. So when there's um, V8s around and then someone stands in the middle of the road, lifts their arms up, then drops yeah. them, just so happens that then the race starts. <laughs> yeah, and we just happened to be there while that was going on. But then I remember Jack trying to get a lift back in one of the cars, so he oh, just yeah. opened the door. No, he, no, one of the, I think it was Ray who had the red and white car. Um, by the way, you can read this story on topgear.com, which is always convenient for us to refresh our memories <laughs> yeah. of what actually happened. Um, it, yeah, if you Google Top Gear and on the road with Havana street racers, you can, you can see the pictures and, and read the story for yourselves on topgear.com. Um, but yeah, I think it was Ray and his um, red and white Chevy that sort of, uh, you know, patted the side of the car and beckoned me over, saying, "Jump in, jump in with me!" Like, oh, oh, um, we were, I think we were going for a sort of a cruise down the highway. We'd, we'd, they were running out of fuel, and as we yeah. as we know, fuel is expensive. So let's go for a, a slower cruise. So I went, "Oh, fine." You know, Ray wants me in his car. Jumped, uh, went in the passenger side, got in. No passenger seat. <laughs> this is why Ray's so fast. He's the one with the supercharged 500 horsepower yeah. um, V8, and. Uh, and yeah, fully stripped out inside. So I'm just sitting on literally a, a, a metal floor pan, nothing to hold on to, just sort of like <laughs> just, just sort of <laughs> bracing myself against the floor as he as he sort of. It's also about off. forty degrees and oh, like eighty percent so humidity. Hot. Yeah, yeah. Oh, did my he word. did he just get you in so he could go to the nearest fuel station and insist you pay? <laughs> no, he didn't. It wasn't that blatant. It was pre-agreed that um that uh, a donation to the cause for yeah. all of the drag racers would be very much appreciated and to be fair you know quite a bit of work had, had gone into like gathering them together getting in the same place you mm -hmm. know we 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 spent an afternoon with them four five six hours something like yeah, that yeah, yeah. you know it's a good good mm. chunk of time and i think well, these guys have to go out their jobs and do it but also yeah. they wanted us to see their world, which is mm. just great when you're car yeah. enthusiasts. Yeah, to be yeah. honest, the, the money was, by the time we got to, nobody spoke about money, nobody talked about money, they wanted to show us their cars, to show us what they could do, to yeah. show off, to tell us their stories. And it was only at the end where I had a sort of sweaty wad of um, cash in my pocket. <laughs> uh, I think it was sort of $50 each, that there were four of them, we gave them $50 each, um, which was quite fun trying to claim that back on expenses <laughs> what, what category do you put it under um payoffs to illegal drag, drag racers. racers oh there it is yeah right right next to um you know office um, supplies, office supplies. <laughs> but no that was great and then and then i assume they all just went off and got a nice big tank of fuel and were like great we're sorted for the next but but you know the money the money thing is 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 really prevalent. Um, Rome was talking about, and what was his name? The guy that you you were talking about with the with the boat engine. Is it like Jote? It, I can't yeah, remember. Jote or Jote, um, maybe with my Cuban pronunciation. Yeah, after, yeah, after a few mojitos, maybe. Yeah, I should have so had he, a few before. So he, yeah, he did have this boat engine mm. and did fit it to his car. But when um, Rome went to uh, photograph him, his wrist was sort of in a splint, was all shattered. Well, no, it was worse than that. It was pinned. It was an open wound, completely pinned open. And we, we were in this kind of car graveyard, which was just his his back garden. But he collected every part he could 
because there'll be yeah. a purpose for it somewhere. He doesn't mm. quite know yet, but if there's a door from something, he'll take it now. And um, there was just shells of cars everywhere. But he had built a car, hadn't he, mm. with that boat engine? Yeah. But he had to sell it because he was desperate to get to America. And yeah. he was using any funds that he could to get there. Wow. So, they, so they call him a rafter. So a rafter is someone who's um, um, wants to get to make it to the US by yeah. sea. And this guy had done countless attempts um, to try and get across the water in various ways. Yeah. Obviously hurt his wrist on one of those attempts. Had sold, you know, his prized possession, uh, which mm. is his car. No, I th- the- he did his wrist in trying to crank over an engine oh. and snapped his arm, which is uh, just a horrible image to think about. But wow. showed again... Starter handle or something. So, yeah, wow. exactly. He just did that and, yeah, snapped his wrist. But, uh, but you know, you talk about you, you, you know, spending every penny you have and mm. more on your yeah, passion, yeah. you know, they, they're, mm. they're not just ordering cool. things out of a catalogue. Interestingly, mm. you know, so when we came to the, um, you know, when, the era that we went, um, some of the, the, tr- the trade embargoes were, were starting to lift, um, imports were starting to flow a bit more. So so the sort of, the, the query we left with at the end was, right, they may be able to get the, their hands on, on modern engines and modern parts now, you know, assuming that they can afford them, mm. but do they want to? Because their whole culture yeah. was born on this resourcefulness and building what they could with what they had. Mm. Um, and that's what made it so brilliant. I think we visited, looking back on it, so this is the hindsight bit of these stories, we visited at the perfect time. Completely the right time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. because I, I think if we went back now, um, these cars may be in sort of a state of neglect, who knows? As they, or, the, yeah. or they're all in EVs, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I doubt it somehow. But um, but no, it was it was, it was was an utterly brilliant trip. Um, you stuck around for a, for a day or so afterwards, didn't you? Or before. Yeah, I can't remember because I, I think I flew in slightly earlier and then they stayed on afterwards just to see a bit a bit of Cuba. I just remember saying, oh, how'd it go? And you said, yeah, I had a mojito and a cigar. With um, I didn't have a cigar, but no, I I think I got scammed by a, a man because um, the Rolling Stones had just played there because they just did their big there after it opened yeah. up, um, and then, yeah, just cruised around him with him showing me bits and pieces and where yeah. the Rolling Stones like to eat. Apparently, I don't know if they do, but, um, <laughs> but apparently they he, got, he got a bit of my money too. I went. I remember going around because I I needed some souvenirs to take home, and if you're in Havana, you buy cigars oh, right yeah. let's forget the fact that they're absolutely disgusting <laughs> to smoke but you buy them because you're in havana yeah. and i remember sort of assuming there'd be like some cigar emporium and speaking to some of them go oh no 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 no, you don't go there that's where they overcharge the tourists you come over here we expected like a gift shop weren't we yeah, yeah. and it was just someone's front room with like a big pile of cigars and it was like hmm, this doesn't look entirely above board do you do receipts yeah. um no but uh, anyway i've probably still got the cigars completely dried out and horrible at the back of a cupboard somewhere. But <laughs> well, anyway, you shouldn't be smoking cigars. We don't endorse No, we don't uh, endorse. Any, no, no. But no, but we do cigars. endorse supporting the local economy and then just putting them at the back of a cupboard when yeah. you get home. But anyway, <laughs> look, that was a, it was a fantastic trip. We need to go back mm. to Cuba again, mm. see how everything. Maybe it's changed. worth an update, yeah, because yeah. it probably has changed yeah, a lot yeah. and maybe there is a whole new... Maybe they've all got two Jay-Zs underneath and they've imported every cool engine you can. Hang on, when's the next Audi Q3 facelift? <laughs> Ooh, we'll have to E-tron. See. Well, E-tron, yeah. the sustainability argument's got a bit stronger. I don't think Audi will be flying cars and people over just to Cuba for a few days, which we did then. The times have changed yeah. slightly. Times have changed. Mm. All right. Well, um, there we go. I hope you got a good flavour of that trip. Oh, I've got an itch to travel now. No, but actually, on that point, if you're talk- if you think about sustainability and how to get cars around the world mm. and how Top Gear has improved its sustainability aspect, I recommend going to the feed and listening to our Speed Week podcast 
where we've just done a whole issue on uh, you know uh, being a bit cleaner and greener when we do our cleaner, car greener, tasting. low carbon speed week. Yeah, get us. Yeah. Look how far we come. <laughs> All right, thanks Easy. for listening. Catch you on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Top Gear Magazine podcast. Hope you enjoyed that. And don't forget to subscribe, to leave us a review, to leave us a star rating. But also check out what is in the rest of the feed because as well as interviews, we've got our monthly uh, behind the curtain look into the issues that we make. And also there's some new audio tidbits coming. So like Jack says, subscribe. Subscribe.